Good morning. Welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. August the 20th. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> um, crazy how fast it goes. And uh, all of a sudden you look up and it's it's August 20th. And like uh, Kevin was just saying earlier, if you're listening to his show, um, the sun is rising a lot later and it's setting a lot earlier. It's sort of 820. It's, uh, the sun is going down already. So it's amazing how fast that does go, but we're into the midst of summer. We had a little bit of a cool week. Um, looks like it's going to warm up again throughout the throughout this week again. And the water advisories are still in effect, so you got to make sure we're conserving water. And I know we have a couple posts on our Instagram on the Spruce It Up, and uh, and we've talked about it a couple times as well. So again, we'll touch on those. Again, can't uh, can't mention how important I really believe like using bark mulch in your garden. It just holds the moisture in, does so many things, keep the roots cooler, keeps them healthy, um, holds in the fertilizer, just does all kinds of good things. Um, you just got to be careful when doing bark mulch that you're not. Um, I know it seems like a good deal sometimes when you're a local arborist and I know Mark, we do not offer it to our customers unless they know what they're getting into. If someone wanted a load, they could take it. But I think most of the time if you're, if you're receiving free mulch from an arborist, it, it's, it could be contaminated with black knot or diseased trees. Cause typically if they're cutting trees down, they're dead damaged or diseased. So you typically don't want that. And when you put in raw mulch on your garden, it will also steal the nitrogen and nutrients out of your soil to start decomposing. So you do not want to do that. You want to get the pre-composted. We hear you the Foothills Premium or the Montane mulch. It has gone through a decomposing process and all of our bagged mulches are the same way. So that way you're not uh, stealing where you think you're doing something good. Because believe me, I've made this mistake. I got a big load of of uh, unprocessed mulch years and years ago, and put it into a into a garden area, and I watched it uh, turn yellow fairly quickly as it stole all the nutrients out of the soil. So, anyways, that was uh, something that I dealt with, and uh, we'd like to uh, not have you deal with that as well. But the benefits of mulch, especially when we get into this dry time. And I, I did a segment with Ted Henley the other day too. And it, it's, I know we're into a dry, but it's always dry here in Calgary. So this is something that we recommend all the time. The mulch, the soaker hoses, all these things that we, we talk about. Because Calgary, it's typically dry all the time. Like we, we are a drier climate. Our, our soil isn't the greatest. It's, it's made up of a clay based for the most part. We get our, three or four or five inches of nice uh, dark topsoil on top and then we're dealing with clay so it's just uh we're, we're in we're, we get we get that and when we do get our winter or i mean our summer it's dry and hot and our humidity dries uh last couple of years we find we it seems that like we've had a bit more humidity throughout the summer but typically it can get pretty dry here we you feel it when you come home from holidays or wherever you are so this is something that isn't totally new 
um, for us. Um, the people in Kelowna and other places are experiencing some dryness right now, for sure, unfortunately. And it's crazy. Actually, my kids were out there visiting my brother. They ended up coming home early um, just because they, they want they had to get out of there, obviously. So we, um, we're, we're glad to get them home safe. Um, them and their friends were out there visiting. So, but uh, they get to do a little bit of that before all of a sudden that fire went crazy on us. So if you did get some of that ash that came down on Friday night, we got a bunch of it. It seemed waking up Saturday morning, there was ash all over the plants, um, your car and that. Just get out, get your union nozzle out. Just don't blast it off, but give it a good wash off. Wash all your plants off um, just gently to get the ash off of the leaves. And uh, and then a the little bit of water will help as well. So hopefully that uh, won't do any damage. And uh, like I said, it's going to, it looks like we might get a couple more days of rain here coming up and then we might get back into the warmer temperatures again. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And uh, we'll, we're here to take your texts and calls. Here, I got a quick text. Good morning, Merle. We have butternut squash and has been growing like crazy, producing many blossoms, but no squash. From what I have re researched, like we only have male flowers being produced. We have tried fertilizing, but still only getting males. Huh. I'm not too sure. Maybe I'll put a nice shirt on, maybe attract the females a bit more, maybe some nice cologne. <laughs> just kidding. But um yeah, I, I think you gotta just if you're make sure you're fertilizing with the phosphate, like with the high middle number, fifteen thirty fifteen, try that. Um we're getting later in the season, so unfortunately and butternut squash and any of those, um they do not take well to frost, unfortunately. So I think by the time you get going on it, you might be out of luck unless you have it in the greenhouse. Um, same, I grew some of these miniature watermelons and I started late and they were really bad plants. Like there were the two, I grabbed the last two plants that were kind of left over from spring and they were kind of hidden in the back. And uh, I took them home and they look great now. Like they've grown and they're like, five feet long tons of blooms little tiny watermelons but i don't think i'm going to get the watermelons that uh, i did get last year you kind of get these are the size of a baseball um pretty cute little things kind of cool but i don't think i will get them so unfortunately but let me do a little bit of research here and see um why you're not getting any um any females in there um, yeah, and if you do get, you can you can rub the 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 flowers together with a with a pollinator. You can help with that and see how that goes as well. Um, what else? I got a few more texts here. Hi, Merle. No, oh, what do we got here? Oh, 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 what do you got here? Prairie Sky Rise Aspen. Nice. They're usually really good. Looks like you got a little bit of leaf miner in there. Um, fairly normal at this time of year with that. Just ensure you give it good watering, continue doing what you're doing if you just planted it, um, it, it but it should be fine. That's just a, a little bit of leaf miner in there. You could have some spider mite or something on the backside. I wouldn't worry too, too much. Just pick off as many of those leaves as you can because it looks like it's a newly planted tree. You still have the tag. So just, just pull those off. Do a good fall cleanup. 
And then next spring, keep an eye on it. Ensure that you do it. Give it a really good watering going on, and you should be good to go. And one more before I take a break. And this is the same person that asked me, why don't I have hummingbirds in Cougar Ridge? I wish I knew. I haven't had hardly any this year. Hey, let let's uh, the listeners. Is anybody getting many hummingbirds this year? Um, typically, I like I've had two or three. Um, Typically, when I was living down in Cranston, a little closer to the river, I was getting five or six a night, and I do not uh, – I'm just kind of frustrated because actually my vermilionaire is going crazy. I have the canna lilies. I kind of got everything that they typically like, and but I'm getting very little. I live in an older neighborhood, so I, I should be getting lots. So I have seen a couple out in the country, but I just not seen them. So maybe let me know if you're if you're seeing – Hummingbirds. And also, there was a mouse in my black compost bin. Do I throw it everything to start over? No, um, you, you don't have to. I, what I would do, I think it would be fine. I would just either set a trap in there. You can get those, um, just those those fixed traps, or you get the one with the bait in it where it just makes them disintegrate, the green bait traps. Put one of those in them, they'll eat it, and they disappear, and they just, uh, they just kind of disintegrate. And it will become part of the compost, but you'll be fine. And uh, you should be good to go. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk, Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered, and we got good news um, from our been waiting and waiting to uh, we're upgrading our fleet in the in our pruned up division. So we have a couple new bucket trucks coming in November. So looking forward to those. Seeing a couple nice new trucks to keep us going. It, it's uh, it's been a hard go the last couple of years trying to. Uh, keep up with the, the the supply chain issues trying to get vehicles and parts and things like that so um, looking forward to uh, getting those into the fleet and with a little bit of an upgrade to to serve our clients better and should be able to uh, get up into those trees even better and I got Terry with me good morning Terry hey good morning Merle were you out watering there earlier or something you forgot to join me or what's going on <laughs> well yeah were you getting those nine barks that were before I come in there and see those nine barks dry or what? <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't take much for my attention deficit to uh, kick in. So. <laughs> yeah. Where am I? Yeah, no, I, I, I've been guilty of that once in a while. I wander off somewhere and, oh, yeah, I was supposed to be there. I'm on my way. Traffic was bad. The traffic was bad. That's what I always say. I shouldn't say that because you know, whoever's meeting me, if I'm late, then I say traffic is bad, and then I know I'm I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, let's go. We got a few callers already, which great. is great. Yeah, if you'd like to join us again, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. We're going to go to uh, David. Good morning, David. <laughs> Uh, good morning there. Yeah, I sent, uh, I'm the one who sent the pictures of the prairie sky rise. And I actually okay. was wondering if I was, I thought I was overwatering or underwatering, but you say I've got some bug, I guess. Hey. 
Yeah, it looks like you maybe had um, a type of leaf miner or something got in there or some sort of caliber. Like it was just sucking in, sucking a bit of the nutrients out of it or spider mite. Yes. Um, oh, right. Yeah, so I really wouldn't worry too much. I would just pull those off. If, if it is small enough, you, you could spray it with pure spray green. Um, I take it this is a newly planted tree because you still have the nice new tag. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, just ensure it gets good water, especially going into the fall, because this the prairie sky rise is a is a good cultivar. It's one that uh, was developed by one of our growers, and uh, it, it it's bronze leaf disease resistant. Um, so you should see, and it stays nice and narrow. So it, it it's really quite a nice tree. Uh, yeah, we're really impressed with how quickly it's growing upwards. Like it's gone yep. up like a foot and a half in well, since the summer, I guess, basically. So uh, yep. it's a great one. But So, the pure, so if you want to trim the good. top too, if you want to take three or four inches off the top, now yeah. is a perfect time. Just pick a leaf, just cut just above it, um, like a couple centimeters or whatever. And okay. then that way it'll thicken up a bit more and won't just set one big rocket up straight up. You'll get a nicer... <laughs> That's a good point. That's, that's something we're definitely noticing is it's quite spindly up there. And I keep thinking to myself, well, you want it to have some fill out a bit. So I'll definitely do that yeah, today. Yeah, and that's, that's typically what we do on the nursery. Like we'll we'll cut all those right down. We always just go through and take uh, four to six inches off the top. Um, and depends if it's in our nursery. Sometimes they're growing a little bit quicker, so we'll take a little bit more off. But that's uh, for rule of thumb, if you get that much growth, just take the top off there and then you'll get it. It'll It'll break out in next spring and this be uh, a great nice thick tree for you perfect thanks for your help i appreciate it yeah you're welcome and just continue watering just that slow deep watering you'll be good to go awesome thanks man. awesome Bye -bye. yeah you're very welcome all right and i had asked um for hummingbirds and we someone in east energy did have a hummingbird which is great and let's go to steven good morning steven oh steven disconnected Let's go to Arlene. Good morning, Arlene. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got two hummingbirds. Okay, nice. Coming to the feeder. And I don't know whether they're related or what, but they sure can fight. <laughs> yeah, they, they fight in each other? Yeah, but they do get a chance to sit down and, and um, get some of the nectar. Anyway, I have a question about the, I have two huge petunia plants on my porch, okay. and they've been sick on that. They have just gone. Now, does that nectar replace in the in the flower, or is it a dunner? Yeah, on petunias, they only go for so long, and then they're done. Okay. Um, so I they you continue. Yeah. yeah, just continue to pull up and continue to fertilize your petunias. If you don't, they will shut down. Like when you get into this time of year, they'll shut down. But if you continue to fertilize your petunias from now till October, like they can withstand a fair bit of frost. So you'll get nice flowers right through. Okay. 15, so 30, 15, something anymore. like that, or 20, 20, 20. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Perfect. Okay. Now, what about the hummingbird plant? It's kind of a funny looking little. Yeah, Vermillionaire. They seem to love yeah. that one. Yeah, they do. They love the little, uh, the little. Uh, it looks like a little 
like they also call it a cigar plant, so I guess it could look like a cigar for a hummingbird. It's a oh, tiny little, just it. a little perfect little nectar holder that the yeah. hummingbirds come in and and go at them. Okay, I have to get more of that next year because they seem to. Yeah, love it. yeah, they do. I and I planted a, a quite a bit of it and quite a few of my planters because I was hoping to get the hummingbirds, but I've had very few. But I did look in my pictures from from last year, and it was kind of this time of year when they really started coming in heavier. So I'm hoping that they'll uh, start coming now. Yeah, well, I've got two here, so. Awesome. All right. Well, keep keep feeding them. Thank you. Thanks, Arlene. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, and I did get a a text here, Terry. Um, Swedish aspen is this natural leaf change or an issue with the tree? To me, that one looks like bronze leaf disease, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw um, that too, and kind of thought the same thing. Yeah. So what what that comes from? So you need to cut that out. So I would I would try to cut those branches out where you have that, and how you can usually tell it's a sort of looks like a bit more of a chocolate brown and the veins are still green on the inside, and that's sort of what you got going. And sometimes it comes from bark damage. And I notice you do have a split in there. So I would I would cut that out, a couple of the really bad ones out, and uh, you might want to treat that. Um, you could treat that with the Bordeaux or copper spray or something. And even that wound you got on the aspen, I'd try to clean that up a bit and maybe fill it with either like a good, just a latex silicone or lac balsam, the bark replacement, um, fill that gap in there. But just clean all the loose debris out of there and just tidy that wound up and then that will uh, will clean it up. But I'd spray the Bordeaux in there first, um, do a good cleanup, let it dry, and then try and seal that back up. Um, but yeah, that bronze leaf disease is, it can get into your tree and kind of be nasty on them. So, um, see if you can get that looked after, hopefully. All right. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open 403-974-8255. Um, we do. All right. Uh, actually Stephen is back. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, three things quickly when, okay. uh, when, when Sunnyside was up, I bought some lettuce uh, seeds uh, uh, when the owner used to go in, retrieve his cat, and release his, his parrot. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I planted them, and I said, gee, uh, I guess with age, they must be getting bitter. But it wasn't the fact that they were getting bitter uh, Merle, it was the fact that the damn cats were peeing on them. So <laughs> well, that's tried, good. I tried everything from cayenne black pepper combination to mesh screen type. Uh, they went through that because I just bought the mesh screen instead of the steel. Do you yeah, happen we, we... to quickly suggest something? Um, we do have a thing, and I've heard a lot of people having really good luck with it. It's called um, or what's skedaddle? Um, we have a like people are having really good success with it, and it's actually locally made. Um, we do carry that in the store. A lot of people have been using on their house plants with their cats getting in there. Um, and it's it it's been working really quite well. The other yeah, it's hard. Cats sometimes get pretty persistent. Um, 
because they're not really eating it. They're, so that's why I wouldn't recommend the Bob X or anything because um, it's not going to do nothing. But you might want to try that skedatter um, from what yeah. I understand. People, it, you sprinkle it in into the soil and that, and it stinks and they don't like it. And I've heard lots of people having really good success with that. Uh, secondly, uh, I used to call you about your bird. Uh, your Actually, I got to just let me put you on hold here. Um, Steven, sorry, I just got to take a break here for the news. We're just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. We're sitting around 9.32, August the 20th. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open. We have a couple spots, 403-974-8255. And if you'd like to join us, we'd be happy to answer any of your questions and those are also um the text line um so yeah so give us a shout if you'd like let's go back to steve and we'll finish off his last uh question or comment yeah morning uh, steve yeah good morning uh so uh two of the retirees a retired judge and his wife went and bought uh one of those uh two of the expensive uh, birdhouses and uh, their neighbors are so impressed that they come by and take selfies and send them to their uh, kids and grandkids. Uh, so you got free advertisement. Uh, they asked me a question, which uh, sounds stupid, but I have to ask you. Uh, they want to bring in those houses in the winter when it's minus 20, thinking that the wood would warp. But uh, I think uh, you sell stuff that is uh, tempered with our temperature. So yeah, there uh, any of the local ones that we have made, they're all locally made. Yes. Uh, so we have the cedar. Then we also have some of the the grain elevator ones and things like that that are made. But yeah, but they're all locally made. Um, so in, in calories conditions, sometimes like with wood, it can be affected. But yeah, for the most part, they should be able to stay out. We leave a lot of ours outside in our front under our mezzanine all winter long so absolutely you should be good to go yeah it's uh now they're like i told them uh you're not gonna find two dollar uh bird houses like i bought for other seniors but uh they were really impressed and uh they sent me some of the selfies many of their neighbors came down just <laughs> to take pictures oh, nice. i said well, what what's going on here it's just a birdhouse and uh, uh, they they it, they are really 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 nice. So they didn't want to have them warped or damaged. I said the, the the wood must be treated. I mean they can't be selling. Uh, yeah no. Yeah they're this. Like, uh, yeah they're they're the cedar and they're, yeah they're good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate it. And thanks for your stories. And thanks for sharing with us. All right. Let's go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Merle. How can we we've, help you? We've put in a, a decorative crab. I, I can't even remember if both my wife and I forgot which one when we built our house over five years ago. And it's really struggling. Every year we've had a little cutback, a little, you know, some of the end, the leaders, whatever, died off. And it just seems to be progressing into some of the larger branches and fertilized water. You know, we, we think we're taking care. It's bearing fruit on what's remaining. But it just seems to be struggling so hard, and we've probably got I just at the ballpark half the branches left, and we we don't want to lose it. But it, you, yeah, it's really fighting. Is it, is it green or is it purple leaves? The purple. 
Okay, I wonder if it's a, like an older, like a Strathmore or something like that. Is it sort of straight up and down, or does it kind of grow out wider a well, little bit? Well, we've got spread. It has a decent little bit of spread to it. So, so Terry, that probably sounds like uh, Rain or Strathmore or... <clears throat> yeah, or Royalty or possibly. Yeah. It, so, it had a really good root ball. I remember that because when we planted it, it was... And it had a good trunk to start. Like it was so was it in a basket? Yeah, it was. And we always wondered okay. if we opened it or not. We probably opened it a bit. We're trying to remember now. That's a problem. Yeah, you have so, to open it and you have to remove all the string around the around the trunk and everything. I think that much for sure. It pulled the string and all. How much? You know, I'm trying to remember again. Five yeah, years so back. Well, you're it, supposed but, to cut the top row of the basket off. Pull, cut all the the burlap off the top. Um. My only worry is that you might have gotten some fire blight in there, and mm -hmm. and do do the top leaders kind of curl over? Did they curl over first before they died or anything oh, like turn black? To be, I, I could even walk out and look. I don't think so. I, I think things were still, we'll call it relatively straight. If you're able to text us a picture, Terry and I can have a quick look at it. It's probably a little easier for us. It sounds to me like you got fire blight in it. So mm -hmm. some of those where the branches are possibly changing, they look a different color. The wood will look different. It kind of looks like it, that's how we diagnose a lot of it. It's sort of like your skin when you see someone comes in and they say, oh, you look like death or just pale white or whatever. Same with your tree. If you see it kind of looking sickly and kind of dehydrated, a lot of times there's a disease or a virus or something in there that needs to get cut out. Yeah, I'll try and get a photo or two. I'm standing here. I just walked out. I'm standing in front of it. And yeah, everything remaining is bearing a lot of fruit. And Yeah, but, it yeah, sounds like you have probably some, um, like I said, fire blight or something got into part of it, which does happen. So just snap us a picture and text it over to the same number, and then we'll we'll get back to you. I'm just looking at the leaves to see what's indicating, you know, maybe it's this hot weather too. You know, some of those are browning off a bit, but that, you know, everything's struggling, it seems, right now, so... Yeah, just ensure you're doing some slow, deep watering, especially on a big basketed tree. You got to put the water on there um, for two to three hours, just slow, slow trickle, nice and nice and deep, and uh, fertilize 15, 30, 15. It's a little bit too late for that. You can do it in the fall or next spring. But send us a picture. Let's just okay. see, have a look at the branches, and then uh, we'll be able to tell you what's going on. Thanks very much, bro. All right, take care. Yeah. Thanks, David. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we at for time? Actually, we have time for one more. Let's go to Al. Good morning, Al. Good morning, guys. I'm gonna, uh, got a question off the beaten path a little this morning. I don't All know right. if you guys are familiar with the banyan tree in Lahaina, Maui. Uh, yeah, I've that? seen pictures of that. I think we've all kind of seen that recently with uh, with it being on the news and all that, for sure. Well, from my memory, it's uh, about 30-some-odd years ago, I believe the banyan trees, uh, like their park, is it's all these banyan trees, but I believe they're all technically one tree. I don't know if anybody has an answer for that. But yeah, when I'm, I'm looking at it, it looks like that. It looks like a small forest. The trees have aerial roots that develop into branches and reach down towards forming new trunks and canopies. Yeah, and that is how they... They do spread very similar to the aspen trees here in in Alberta. Okay. the The other question is, 
because that is it's right beside the ocean and as the fire went through from the footage i saw the foliage was gone but all that main branch work and everything was all there and there was nothing smoking or smoldering on it so if the bark still remained on it yeah, that's not... the news I'm reading is that it's still going to be okay. As long as it didn't get in and cook it, um, it looks like, from what I hear, it's still going to be okay. So let's let's hope so. And uh, and uh, hopefully it get got through that fire. So, all righty. kind of thing apply to, uh, like, our local trees here? Or if they had something go through really fast, but all your bark and everything is still there? Yep, no, it can, it's just like your grass, it burns off the foliage. Yeah. As long as it didn't heat up the inside where to cook it, if it was sure. just to burn the leaves off, nine, it's just like a, like a hailstorm comes through, knocks all the leaves off, certain things, um, trees will re-sprout, or if we go through a drought, like a lot of, you'll see a lot of the aspen or palm trees just shedding all their leaves, like they'll this, and then they send out new growth. So, I've definitely seen that or somebody, somebody sprays a chemical on, you get a chemical burn on your on your plants and then a lot of times they're able to come back. Yeah, I was just talking to a friend of mine recently and asking him that and uh, we were just talking about it. He goes, well, why don't you talk to Merle on Sunday? So I thought, hey, maybe I will. All right. <laughs> well, let's hope that those are all right. So we hate losing those beautiful trees that we have around the world for sure. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thanks, Thank Al. You. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. We did get the picture from Dave, and I was going to – I will text still. Um, it, Terry, did you notice that one? Actually, it looks really healthy. It just there's a couple of dead branches, and there's one center branch that died out. Um, I would cut it flush, and just so it can heal properly. Um, other than that, there's a little bit of dead, but actually the branches, everything looks really quite healthy. You're getting lots. It's just that your center branch you had that die out of the center, so it's kind of a wonky looking. So you just have to do some structural pruning to try to get a couple of the branches to come upwards to fill in that spot. Um, but from what I see, it looks actually really quite healthy just in the fall. But even right now, just do some, make sure you do some deep watering, um, fertilize it good in the fall, 15, 30, 15. But it, it actually looks pretty healthy. If it depends how many years, it sounds like it was a couple years. <clears throat> the caliper trees, we do find that they take longer to get going. Like they, they kind of almost get stunted for a couple of years um, before they really root in and take off compared to a potted tree. Seeing a big difference. So we're moving um, more and more away from um, the caliper trees a bit. Just for finding that um, if you're putting in a 15 or 20 gallon tree, um, it's going to catch up and pass most of the caliper trees. Um, for the most part and there's certain things where you have to put in you want to start larger um, the caliper trees definitely fill that void um, but if you're in that 50 mil and under um, we're going potted pretty much all the time now hey Terry yeah pretty much 
just because we're seeing more, uh, well, nicer 20-gallon um, stuff than we, we have in the past, um, we've sort of put out to our, you know, people that we've partnered with for, for growing and said, hey, um, put them into 20s and we'll, we'll, we'll take them. And uh, and they've sort of met that. And I took a few home last year, um, put them in, and um, in three years you'd be shocked. Like if I if I didn't tell you that they weren't potted, you'd swear that they were probably uh, caliper trees. No, absolutely no. In the same, I'm fine. That I've actually noticed. There's one other. There's another landscaper in town, but he's been posting the same thing on his Instagram. Um, and that's Fiddler's Green, and he's a he's a reputable landscaper out there as well. I notice he's been talking about it quite a bit, just seeing the difference without doing the caliper trees, and it definitely saves on your budget. Um, but there's times like where you have to, like we just did a big parking lot plant, um, where the city spec in sixty or seventy mil things like that. You have to put in certain sizes. But I, I would like to even talk to to the city a bit more about that on some of the the plantings because I, I I see it and the 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 twenty gallon fifteen gallon your, your trees just take off like crazy and uh, you don't go through that uh, that stunted one or two years for the roots to recover from from being pulled out of the ground almost so anyways it's interesting um, it's it's a uh, it's all, and that's how things evolve, right? You learn as you go, and you start seeing certain trends and and how things how things are growing. Where we used to only bring in five and ten gallon trees for the most part, but we're seeing the success um, with the larger trees in the bigger pots, and they're doing really, really quite well. Um, I'm going to do one quick call. We'll go to Don, and then we're going to take a quick break. Good morning, Don. Morning. Hey, Don. How can we help you? Oh, good, good. Uh, just I uh, built a greenhouse for my wife earlier okay. this spring, and a couple of things with the tomatoes, which she's experienced some blossom and rot. They start rotting at the base, and there's she's added bone meal and and blood meal, but um, you need calcium. Is, it's a calcium? calcium supplement. It's lacking calcium. It's it's on your larger tomatoes, like your beef steaks and things like that. Um, it, it just you need to use a fertilizer. The evolve. Or any of the good quality tomato food will have the calcium supplement in it. Or if you're using it like a 20, 20, 20 or 15, 30, 15, we do sell the calcium supplement that you can add to the water and to water it in. But that is typically what causes that or improper, inconsistent watering. But nine out of 10 times, if you're getting good tomatoes and you're getting that blossom end rot, it's just from lack of calcium. Okay, yeah, they're delicious. Um, aphids on her peppers and, and a cucumber plants she has inside. Is there something that we can do to control that or is causing that? Yeah, aphids love being in there, that nice new growth. You can use pure spray green. Um, you can also use um, bug X. We have the one in there with the pimethrin. Um, you just, with, with aphids, you need to spray um, sort of three times, five days apart. Like, so if you sprayed today, again in five days, and again in five days, and again in five days. Um, they're because they're born pregnant, so they're just they're spitting out more aphids as they go. So you got to kill the cycle. So okay, and also yeah. hose them off in between um, like with a little bit of a uni nozzle. That's it. It doesn't hurt just to get in there with a hose and uh, just spraying them off. 
and uh, with a dose of the the bug X or the pear spray green every five days, you'll be good to go. And last question, I guess, is to do with minimum temperature. Like, I mean, last night we're up in James River here, and it was about four degrees. So I put a yep. I put a supplement heat in there, about ten degrees C. Is that where it should be, or what? Can it, what should we talk? Yeah, no, with minimum? the tomatoes and that, you can get down to three or four, no problem. Even two, like undercover. Um, tomatoes actually, like I picked a couple of tomatoes. I love going out when I, on the cool mornings because they just seem twice as sweet when you harvest them. So I, I love harvesting the tomatoes when it's nice and cool because that just seems to push up the sugar content. Um, so uh, yeah, as long as you stay above the like the really minus one to two undercover like that, um, yeah, they'll be fine. And same thing with the it's peppers just, then. We've got bells. And... Yeah, peppers are fine. It's just the ones, the squash, the pickle, or the cucumbers, things like that, watermelon, any of that really soft foliage, like that type of the, any of the viney, like um, zucchinis, watermelon, squash, they can take no frost. So they need to stay above that three, four, five sort of thing. Okay, well, great. No, that's good. I've been keeping it at 10 degrees, but sounds like I can cut that back. So yeah, you can get back a bit, and and it doesn't hurt, like especially on harvest days, if you want to pick tomatoes the next day, like getting down that cool. I just find it pushes up the, the sweetness of them. Great. Well, thanks very much for the help. All right. Thanks, Don, and good luck with that. That sounds great. Yeah, awesome. you bet. Have a good day. Bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back. Let's talk gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here at Terry Kemper. Let's go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Oh, hi, Merle. How are you doing? Doing good. How can we help you? Uh, just a quick question. Years ago, I dug a hole in my backyard, and I filled it with con- uh, cement and uh, for one of those uh, umbrella clotheslines for my wife. Yeah, yeah. And we don't use that anymore. And uh, I would like to grass it up, but I don't want to have to dig that concrete. I would probably have to use a jackhammer or something. Can I just put topsoil, fill it with topsoil, and then how deep? Well, how, how deep below the ground is it? Uh, well, if I filled it with topsoil, it would be about uh, an inch or two. Uh, I would imagine the hole probably a foot deep yeah if you only can get an inch of soil to get it flat it, it will grow but you're going to see a dry spot there all the time um what? it's just there's not enough soil there so like you said but it will grow but you're always going to have a dry spot without ripping that out is that right eh? yeah and if you so need at least four to six inches then it'd probably be fine because some of our clays, like concrete, anyways, grow yeah, in right. gravel. Right. Um, so yeah, so you need at least that over top of it. Yeah. So um, otherwise, you pull that out. Yeah, it'd probably only be a maximum of two inches of topsoil that I'd be putting on there. So uh, yeah, like you said, it'll grow. It'll be okay for a first bit, but definitely in the summer. You'll notice that you'll have whatever shape of it square around. You'll have a yeah. a dry it's patch. About a, it's about a twelve inch round diameter. Um, so yeah. uh, I get I guess from what you're saying, it sounds like I probably have to get rid of that concrete. Yeah, 
and if you have the poles sticking up, if you yeah. get like a jack haul just beside it, wrap a train around it, and then just jack it up, it just pulls it right out of the ground like a fence post? Yeah, it's actually, uh, the umbrella's gone and everything. The only thing sticking up that I put the uh, pole in was a, a plastic uh, sleeve, and that's sticking up about two inches. I was going to saw that off and then fill with topsoil, um, but I didn't know if I could grow grass over it. Put, just put a whiskey barrel over it, put some flowers and... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have an umbrella in there and you, through the whiskey barrel, and then you can sit out there. And well, I was hoping for more room for my grandkids to play back yeah. there. So that was all right. Horrible. Yeah, I just have to pull it out of the ground. That doesn't gotta sound too it, bad. Got to get it out of there. Okay, thanks, Mark. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye bye. All right, we're going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I am here with Terry Kemper. It says, got a text here. Hi, Merle. Can you tell me what is on our lilac tree, and I, can I do something about it? Um, To me, it looks like a willow, but I'm not sure if I can see the leaves. But it looks like you just got lots of aphids on the back side of it. Um, so, again, I would use pure spray green. Or the bug X with pimerthrin on it. Um, you can spray it, hose it off, get the hose and sprayer out, and just uh, give it a good uni nozzle spray as well, and uh, try and get that looked after as best you can on that. Just doesn't look like a, a lilac. Looks like a no. Low, it doesn't have a, a smooth bit. edge on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the willow, is it? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say what that is. It says it's a lilac. lilac though, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe we can get a little better picture of the front or the whole tree. We'll have a quick look at it and uh, and go from there. But let's um, go to the phone line. We're going to go to Martha. Good morning, Martha. Hi, Martha. Uh, hello. Hi. Hi there. Hi. How can we help you? I have Alberta Hardish. Um, roses and okay. they bloom like crazy but then all of the blooms wither and my question to you do I cut those little uh, flowers that are wither to get more or I leave it on the, on the Alberta native rose I'll let Terry take this one hey Terry you want to answer Martha's question yeah, typically with with, the, with most plants, if you remove the, the spent flowers, it keeps it triggers the plant to keep producing flowers. So, um, and I believe the Alberta Hardy Rosa will produce a small little rose hip. So, if you if you like that look and you want to have those hips sort of per persist into the fall, um, then don't trim the flowers. But if you want to keep blooming, keep you know going in there and deadheading and snipping those old flowers out. Okay. Okay. You're, You're talking about the native, like the pink Alberta rose? No, 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 the native. They, they're no wild roses. They oh, okay, just... yeah, yeah, then absolutely, yeah, deadhead as you go. Just until when you get in September, then we leave the hips on. Um, oh, okay. Just the very last ones. But right now, yeah, like Terry was saying, just, yeah, prune off your, your all your dead blooms, and then that'll definitely encourage more blooms right into fall. Yeah, and how often do... 
Well, you should have typically fertilized in the spring. I usually do three or four times if you start like in May, um, June, and July. And then after that, we typically stop fertilizing at this time of year until fall, until we get into mid-September. Then you can start fertilizing again. Mid-September. Yeah. So that it, so in spring I don't fertilize because it would be already no, fertilized. And then, you, you should do it again one more time in the spring just to help get it going. Because right in the okay. fall, it's downloading, and so if you put some phosphate in there, it'll be able to pull that up, and it'll be in there. And then again in the spring, just to give it a little bit of a boost, and then you'll see some really nice growth, and and it'll be have enough phosphate in there to produce the blooms and get everything going first thing in the spring. And when I go to the store, is that how you call it, phosphate? Yeah, you want a 15, 30, 15. 15, a 30, 15. Yeah, it's a blooming fertilizer. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Martha. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, let's go to Curtis. Good morning, Curtis. Hi, Merle. Um, hey, how can I help you? Hey, yeah, uh, about a month and a half ago, I got some sod laid down on my front and back lawn. Okay. Um, and uh, the, the the previous owners of the house um, were uh, just wild green thumbs. They had stuff growing everywhere, and I wanted to keep it simple and just laid sod down. So covered up all their their uh, vegetation, um, well, dug it out, obviously, and then uh, yeah. professionally done, and then laid sod on top, but... Now, since sod's been there, uh, I see some random sprouts coming in of things I remembered from before, um, uh, from the from the previous wild garden they had, and uh, it's just been uh, hard. Like uh, like there's these uh, these little little leaves with white edges that come up. Um, there's uh, like hardy grass blades that sprout up randomly, and it looks like it's in the area where. Um, the old garden used to be, um, yeah. and is this going to be me pulling them, or do I like? Is this? Yeah, you can use a, a product for the for the grass. It's going to be a little bit harder that you'll need to. Um, if it's come, is it? It's so it's coming up through the sod. Yeah, yeah, just in random spots everywhere in the back too. Yeah, it sounds like um, you got the gout weed is coming up through it. Um, if you get that variegated, the green leaf with the white trim on it. Um, that yeah. could, yeah, that sounds like glowweed, and it is very invasive. It's it's a bit of a hard one. Any of the broadleaf weeds or plants like that, if you use a product called Killex, it will okay. it will look after that. So you could give that a spray this week, but just ensure you're also fertilizing with a good, like our green it up lawn fertilizer with a high middle number. It'll get the roots nice and thick, and it'll choke out a lot of those, so they won't be able to survive in there. But some of them, it's hard to get rid of everything. Like when the guys come in and, and remove a flower bed, like and sometimes on the grasses, sometimes the more you chop it up, sometimes you end up with stuff coming out. So um, oh. you're going to get a bit of remnant, especially if they have a nice, healthy garden. Unless you yeah. would have sprayed everything with Roundup, let it totally fry, and then start fresh from there. But yeah. it adds about a month to your process, so... Um, so, but yeah. Killex, if you use uh, just a Killex and just spot spray, they're coming up through the grass and then get your grass nice and healthy. Um, you should have no issues. Wonderful. Two more things, if that's okay. And with, yeah, the, with the grass, 
Okay, uh, there's obviously now a month and a half in, I did my watering cycle. I did it faithfully and truly. Um, it got lots of water, but I know we had a lot of heat waves happening here in Calgary. Um, I, I have some dead spots that I'm kind of scared about along the edge of the of the, uh, the 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 garden that they that they um, that they put in. They put some flagstones or or whatever, some borders yep. in the garden, and along the edge there, it's all dead. And yeah, that's um, just from the heat reflecting from the rock and the sod. So again, yeah. just a little extra water in a couple of those spots, and again, ensuring that you fertilize, get a good healthy sod going, then it, it can recover and be able to sustain those drought spots too because you want the you want to get the roots down nice and deep okay i also got planted in the middle of the yard a uh, uh an autumn blaze uh, maple oh nice and yeah. um yeah it's got it's got a a, a bar- bamboo stick sticking uh, you know spine just keeping it straight i wanted to know when i can you remove can take that, that you can probably take it out is it pretty sturdy tree yeah i guess so it's got a a slight curve in the middle going yeah but it's it looks pretty good it's yeah a, yeah just yeah. just take it out it's fine um okay. those were put in at the nursery and uh, a lot of times when we're planting we should remove them depending on on what it is some of they leave them up just to get it stabilized until but yeah you should be totally fine to take that out okay great all right thanks very all righty and this yeah. with your maple ensure that you fertile or water it really good until fall Sort of like you can slow down a little bit in September, let it go down. But once you get near the mid to the end of September into October, make sure you do water it in really good. And if you don't have bark mulch around it, I would recommend bark mulch. Any of the maples, it's one of the biggest killer of those is lack of water. We don't water them in good in the fall, and then we get oh. the winter desiccation on those hardwoods. Okay, should I be worried about um, black knot? Because that was what no, invaded the, get- the previous tree. Yeah, no, no, they don't get they don't get that. That's a that's a prunus disease in the in the Maydays and Schuberts and stuff. Oh, it was ugly on our previous tree. It just that's why we got it. So or got taken yeah. down. But yeah, no, right. those those uh, Schuberts are nasty. So they uh, and probably a Mayday they get that black knot. So no, you should be good to go, Curtis. Thank you, Merle. Yep. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye. All right, let's. Uh... Actually, we could probably take Betty right now. Let's go to Betty. Good morning, Betty. Hello. Hi, Betty. How can we help you? Um, hi, Merle. I, okay. Uh, several years ago, I put in a, two small yucca, variegated yucca plants, and uh, they became out of control. They were about three to four feet tall, about four to five feet wide. And uh, oh, not wow. knowing what they would do or become, um, I had someone come in and uh, supposed to handle it. And um, anyway, uh, there's roots left in the ground, and I keep having little plants c- coming up. Hey, Terry, you want to maybe help uh, Betty out with that one? So, Betty, is this a mixed border? Do you have other things going in there around it, or is that the only plant no. that's in that area? No, no, there was nothing. And I yeah. had gravel I had gravel in the yard so that, uh, you know, they were supposed to be hardy, which they were, right. without a lot of watering. And yeah. um, I was just wondering if there's some type of herbicide or anything that can, uh, you know, 
uh, get yeah. down to the root somehow? Yeah, you bet. Um, I would just um, treat them any new new growths that come up from that. I would just give them a, a hit with uh, some Roundup. That will uh, that will take care of them. Eventually. It might take a little bit. Might take a little bit to you know a few years until you've yeah. sort of. Um, okay. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, there was the black cover put over them and gravel, okay. and you still get uh, there's still the pushing of. Yeah, if, you just get, if you just get the odd one, um, go ahead and treat them with Roundup, and that should take care of them for you. All right. Thank you very, very much. All right. Take, bye. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open. We have a couple spots, uh, 403-974-8255. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, later on in the week, when it warms up, we also have Scoop It Up. We have the ice cream stand down at, uh, <laughs> at Spruce It Up, which has been pretty popular this year. I know they've upgraded our flavors. I think we're up to 12 or 14 flavors or something. So, And we do have the good flavor. If you, if you happen to go to a hockey game or at the saddle home, you have the, that uh, cinnamon malt swirl, whatever they call it. <laughs> we have that one in the in the hard scoop as well, so you get a, you can get a scoop of uh, of the old flames ice cream, and uh, yeah, come down and uh, enjoy that as well. Not like an ice cream walking around the tree lot. It's kind of nice, and kind of nice. If we go to the phone lines, we're going to go to Charlie. Good morning, Charles. Charlie's oh, Charles. <laughs> ah, God. Sorry, sorry, Charles. I was trying to combine your name with three different things. It's Charles. My apologies. Yes, thanks, Charles. Sorry about that. I made a mess of that. I was okay. reading my writing. It wasn't very good. I wanted to know how do I get other people's trees out of my yard? They keep coming up, and I keep cutting them down. So how can I stop <laughs> oh. it? Um, are they poplars, or did someone remove a tree recently or something? Well, one neighbor's got poplars, and the other one's got uh, elm trees. Um, elms will come from the seed, so those those ones you can just mow out, or if you use Kellex in your lawn, it'll it'll take those out. I Where don't the have a lawn. Removed? I took it out years ago because it was all weed, so I put it all in brick. Yeah, so you're just getting them come up through the brick. They're coming up through the sides of the brick, and also in the expansion joints of the cement on the pathway into the garage. Yeah, so did the poplar get removed recently, in the last couple of years? No, they can't. Those those are uh, pretty hard to get out. They've got to cut them out because there's no way I can dig them out. I'm not going to take the grass pad off to get them out. No, I mean where the trees were moved recently. Sorry. No, well, I've had this problem for two or three years, but they they took the trees out. Yeah. Close to their, cause I don't know why people do this. They plant trees next to the property line, and where do you think they're going to go? Yeah, especially the wrong trees. Well, back then, everyone was planting poplars. So you can just use Roundup, a spray on the leaves. Like when it starts coming up, just spray Roundup on them. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Because I got tired well. of cutting Thanks. them down all the time. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. Okay. Hopefully Have a good day. Helps. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, that unfortunately, Terry, like when we're, someone would remove, especially those big poplars, I know that beaver took that uh, one tower poplar we had down at the campground, and man, I probably have a hundred tower poplars everywhere now. <laughs> and I just, when I mowed the grass down there, I'm just chopping them out. But yeah, it's, uh, they just, especially when you take it out, all that energy, it sort of talks about when we do the rejuvenation, but that's how a forest is built on those poplars and aspens and stuff like that. You can just see how fast um, you can create a forest um, with those type of trees. So anyways, unfortunately, yeah, they're, uh, they're tough. yeah they can be messy. You want them for the quick thing. growth. Yeah, you want the quick growth at the time when you plant them. Um, but when you go to take them down, you have a whole other problem. <laughs> you get a little forest coming up. So Yeah, um, just be diligent. Like you say, chase, chase those with uh with roundup and eventually yeah, that, get the win but it'll take some time yeah absolutely all right let's go to jim good morning jim morning Marilyn terry how you doing good good how can we help you just a question on this we've now got the water restriction going on and i've changed from the soaker hose i've got one of those ross uh deep root uh, fertilizer yep. things how long should that be in? Like I, I do it around, like I'm supposed to around the edge of the trees and that. And uh, so when I put it in, how long should it go in for? Um, you could do three or four minutes each sort of Here. each spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go around. Yeah. And now, when should we start to? I'm not using fertilizer in that. I'm just using water directly. Should I? Yeah. When? Should, can I use a fertilizer on that again? When you get about mid-September. Okay. Yeah. And when we start getting through this heat wave and uh, and trees start shutting down, and then we can start, we can do the fall fertilizer. Okay. And what type of fertilizer do you use in yours when you do it? Um, In the in the fall, we use like a 28-14-14. So you could use like even a 15-30-15, something like that you could use. Okay. And then just um, sort of pour that around the drip line. Yeah, that the absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Give it a good water first, and then then <clears throat> dump the fertilizer in thereafter, and then you're good. Okay. Just one more question. Um, this fall, we've got a big garden, and we've split it up into where we got perennials on one side and vegetables on the other side. Um, we don't have the bulge mark in, in it at the moment, but we're going to put that in this fall. Is there a concern with that from the ones that you have? Um, is that treated at all? Will it affect the vegetable no. garden at all or anything? No, no, it's not treated with anything like to preserve it or anything. It's just a natural. The only thing they've done, they've put it through a composting process. So it gets it through that first rotting stage of when it takes the nitrogen out. Okay. So when you put the Foothills Premium, um, you don't have to worry about that. But it's very beneficial for even veggie gardens, perennial gardens. Um, you just have to mound up a bit more where you grow in your rows. Um, but other than that, it, it, it'll help with the moisture, help keep the weeds down. So it's great. Yeah, that's that's what we want to do: is spot the weeds and more the more than anything in that. So. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Great. Thanks, Jim. thanks a lot, Merle. Take okay, care. Thanks. Bye bye.
All right. We are going to take a break for the news. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And we're going to go to the callers. We're going to go to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. How can we help you? So I have kind of an additional question to one you just answered about the tree roots coming up through your yard. Okay. Uh, So I have... Schubert cherry trees, which I know have a lot of suckers, but um, the neighbors also have spruce trees and columnar aspens, and the roots are quite thick and coming up through my lawn. And uh, just debating cutting those roots back. Yeah. So what you can do is, yeah, you can go like by the fence line if you if you want to dig down and go straight down and try and get the roots out that way. If they're from the neighbors' trees. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and you don't think it, it would damage the tree at all? For the most part, if they're that large, send it out. Like, and it, it should be totally fine. Like, I've done lots of trees like that where you've had to remove some roots. Um, there is a, a chance so it might send some more up right at that spot where you dig it out. Um, right. But, but that can be controlled a lot easier in one spot and then all the way through the lawn. So that might work out. Um, okay. Yeah, and then if between the neighbor two, if just some more slower, deeper watering. Typically, if you get lots of suckers, they're typically not getting enough water. Okay. So, um, a little bit more watery um, on that, or yeah, it's hard when you start when when they start getting up. Cause if they're live trees, I just don't want to recommend using Roundup or anything like that because then yeah, it can end up going yeah. in and killing the tree. So yeah, and my lawn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you can. I would just paint it over. Like if I was doing, if I have suckers come up in the grass, I'll, I would just get out there and like, get a rubber glove on and then put a cloth glove over top and then just either spray the glove or dip it into some Roundup and then just rub your fingers all over the leaves and that's a, a safer way of applying it um, to two areas where you don't want to get other stuff. Okay. And do you think if I cut the roots on my Schubert cher- um, cherry trees, will that damage those trees? Um, no, I, and I've done it lots. Like, when it, Are they right close to the trunk or further away? Uh, close to the trunk. Yeah, I've done it lots of times where you just dig down and I just I, I get an edger and I just cut down and try and remove as much as I can. It does help, um, but I, I just find if I do it more often, it, it keeps it at bay a lot more. But then if I let it go, it's going to send it a lot more. And I try and build yeah. up the soil around it because typically if they're getting right at the thing like that, they they were planted too shallow. So you might want to just add a bit of soil. Like when you do that, maybe add some soil around the trunk, build up around it. Like that's a perfect opportunity to, even if you want to put a row of brick or something around it, like a small retaining wall and just fill it in. That's a good opportunity to do that with a Schubert when you're getting all the suckers right at the, right at the trunk. It's typically when it's planted too shallow. Okay. All right. Okay. Schubert's are weird. Like they have to be perfect. I had two in my yard in Cranston. One I never got a sucker. 
one I got lost. It was just up a little bit. It was planted a little bit shallower. So if they're not just perfect, like they're they're one of the hardest trees to plant, like to get that perfect finicky. depth. Yeah, very finicky. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Okay. Thanks right. very much. Thanks, Donna. Bye bye. All right. Where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Hey, I'm calling about my apple tree. Uh, last year okay. I called you because I ended up with lots of wormy apples. So this year I sprayed it at least four to five times with um, pure spray green, and okay. it hasn't changed anything. I still have as many worms in the apples as I did last year, so I'm pretty disappointed and wondering what I did wrong. Um, it, it, it Worms are probably one of the hardest ones. Hey, Terry, you want to voice in on this one? At what time did you uh, apply the pure spray green? Well, I applied it right after it finished blossoming um, when okay. it started. And then I did it, oh, about every three weeks or so since then. So I've done it at least four times. Okay. Uh, a couple, at least three times while it had apples on it when they were still small. And it's loaded with apples. It's just now I can't use them, right? It, it might be that we should have jumped in a little bit sooner than that. So just uh, early, early spring, so um, while the tree still looks fairly dormant, and just before um, it, it breaks leaves, so while it's still in bud. Oh, really? Um, okay. That's when, yeah, because that, that's going to help to um, go after anything that's sort of overwintered um, in the, you know, in that leaf nodes of area of, the, of that tree. Okay, okay, that's so great. I, now, I also have a, a plum tree that is um, full of plums, and it does not seem to have any. So is it certain trees that they target more than others, or? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, not one thing goes after, you know, um, every tree. Um, each tree has a, it's sort of its own, um, <clears throat> I guess, list of, of, of pests that can go after it. So just because you see it in one and not another, um, yeah, don't be alarmed by that. Okay. It, yeah, so, and it's early spring, like Terry's saying, when you start seeing the moss, because that's when they're laying their eggs. Okay, and then how often do I do it after the first time? Like, if I do it in early spring, then how often do I keep doing it? I I would probably do a, a couple applications um, uh, early spring, so maybe, you know, a week, 10 days apart, um, just, as, just as that's just prior to those those buds opening up. And then um, it says the rain will wash it off as well. So do you need to redo it then? Yeah, you have to watch weather for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hope next year is better then. Thank you so All right. much. Okay. Okay. Bye. Yeah, the worms. And then we also had a, a gentleman drop off some apples at the store the other day last week, and he was getting bruising all through the center of it. And it was, it was this, it was interesting. It was this called oxidization. It's also just from damage on the outside of it. And then it goes all the way through the inside as well. Um, fruit, to get perfect fruit in Calgary, it's tough. Like you and I walked through an orchard there a couple of weeks ago, eh, Terry? Yeah. Like millions of apples, but you're hard pressed to go through there and find perfect apples like every one oh, yeah, of them has sure. a little mark or <laughs> or something on it unfortunately and 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 calories is it is tough like we're not like you, we see it like i said like down in uh we were down in ohio 
and you did see like you have the perfect humidity, you have warm weather, this all the foliage is just perfect, right? Like it's just, and uh, we just don't get that. Like I have a sheltered couple planters in my front step where I have um, these beautiful coleus and they've actually done very well. And I think, God, these look good. Like the leaves actually all look good. But I, oh yeah, they're underneath these spruce trees. So they're getting shelter from the rain and the wind <laughs> and the hail and, and whatever else we throw at them. And it, it is tough. And even the ash from yesterday or on Thursday is going to affect it, right? You're going to get those. Now you're going to get some little burn spots or whatever on it, right? Not burn, but you'll get the residue and it could leave marks. Like Calgary, it, it's a, it's a hard area for that perfect foliage, like between wind, um, rain, hail, bugs, cold weather. Um, there's so many things that affect the perfect foliage. So it's, um, it, it's again trying to plant the right plants as well. Like you and I were chatting the other day, Brunaria is a good replacement for hostas because um, it yeah. bounces off the hill a little bit more. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so again, we're just, we learn as we go, and you got to kind of look at the big picture sometimes, right? We got to look at what we're doing and what's happening in certain plants. But man, I, I wish we could get. Um, some of those, like even in Vancouver, like you get that perfect foliage or even in Kelowna. Well, not right now, obviously, but um, typically like you just see those huge canna lilies when you go down to to the Central Park or the, the big pompous grass growing in Kelowna. It just, <laughs> it just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't quite happen here. We live in a, we were in a tough zone. Like when we, when people are growing some beautiful plants here, You've done a good job, so pat ourselves on the back if you get something going really well because it, it is a tough go. But anyway, we got to go, too. We're going to take a quick break. Sorry. If you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone line. I'm also here with Terry Kemper. He's helped me out today answering and uh, doing a bunch of the texts. So thanks to Terry. Let's go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Hi. Hi. I've Hi. got a dreadful line here. So I just wanted to tell you that I have four hummingbirds this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got Are one. they come back yeah. regularly or? Yeah, yeah, they're there uh, quite a lot. There's a male and three females. I think two of them are youngsters from this year, probably. Oh, nice. So, what do you? What, what are they going after mainly? My my feeder and okay. the hollyhocks. Nice. Okay. I've got hollyhocks there as well. They like those. They like those. And okay. I've got a planter on the deck that has uh, red and pink petunias in it. And oh, nice. they like those too. Anything red, awesome. really. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Thanks, Joyce. Yeah. So I'm Thanks. pleased because last year I only had one and uh, I was worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, just wanted to let you know there are a few around. All right. Thanks, Joyce. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Well, it's good to see she's getting a couple. Let's go yeah. to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hi, Merle. Hey, how can we help you? Uh, 
Yeah, I've got this pine tree at home. Uh, it's got a, a sack of worms or whatever hanging from the, by the end of the branches, is a four or five. Okay. I've washed off Needle the lower chest. ones, but I can't get at the higher ones. What do you suggest to get them out? Um, yeah, they should be tried to be sprayed with uh, BTK. You probably looks like you got um, not needle cats. What are those? Uh, what's those worm? What are those worms called, Terry? When they all the go tent? in a big group? The tent caterpillar. Yeah, the tent caterpillars. Oh, they're tent caterpillars. Okay. Yeah, are they all like a the whole thing. big group, big sack of them sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, they're hanging yeah. down there. It's pretty solid because I I had to spray them quite a while with the pressure washer to pull them off there. But. Yeah. So BTK, if you can get that sprayed on there, does work really well on them. Okay. Um, well, if, if they're up there probably. It. They're probably up there thirty feet. I can't get at them, but so. yeah. Um, maybe the twelve. You can maybe call. Work. Have Mark, if you may, give him a shout with uh, pruned up. He might be able to get up there and get rid of them. But if it's a big spruce tree, it's probably not gonna. Would you be concerned, well, Terry, on those? It's or a pine, it's a pine tree, Merle. So okay, pine tree, and it's losing its needles too. So I don't know if they're on the inside it. or. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's the needles seems... are you losing them from the inside or is it? I don't know, but every time the wind blows, there's a whole bunch of new needles on our side. Yeah, that's all our evergreens go through a typical shedding process, and which is fairly normal because they they try to drop the needles down on the ground, so they're trying to recreate the forest floor. And that also helps protect them if they have a bit of a needle, needle buildup. Okay. Um, yeah, I would if you can get them out, it would be great. But I, I don't think you'd be too concerned on on the evergreens as much because uh, they most of those tent caterpillars they go through a cycle, um, and then once in the next year, actually I remember about three or four years ago driving through Saskatchewan, it was just infestation. They're dripping off the trees. And now they're 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 not around. They sort of go in a cycle every five or six years. Okay. So. Okay. But Very if good. you can see what you can do to get rid of them, but if you can't get up there, um, well, let's see what we can do. Sure. Okay. All right. Thanks, Very Bill. Good. Thanks, yeah. Bye. Yeah, that's a hard one. I I feel like I don't really answer it. It's 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 something. If we can get up there to get rid of them, it would be best to. Terry, and if yeah, not... Yeah, exactly. It's, it, you know, when it gets beyond our reach to, to go after those things and, and do it safely, um, you know, it definitely becomes a challenge. So, like you said, um, typically those things kind of go in a cycle. So yeah, you, you, just, you just don't want them in there uh, chewing up too much on that. So, again, if you're still listening, Bill, ensure that you give it a, a good watering um, going into the fall. And then also um, fertilize with, and again, next spring, 30-10-10 for your evergreens. But, yeah, if possible, try and get up there because they, they can get in there and they can they can chew it up pretty good, so if, if possible. All right, let's go. Actually, we're going to take a break, and then we get back. We'll do a couple of callers real quick. Okay. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Lana. Good morning, Lana. Good morning, Merle. My question is, I have moved 
from uh, the west side up into Coventry. And my issue is the weeds along the alley, I have sprayed them with, with Killix. I have sprayed them with Roundup. And I've actually had a digger come with a backhoe and take out all the weeds, but they just seem to to be prolific and I don't know how to get rid of them. I have a retired couple that lives beside me and his, what what type of weeds are they? Are they is it that creeping bellflower? It's it no, it's not the creeping bellflower. It's it's um um, a little little plant, or it's a little leaf plant with yellow flowers on it. It's yeah. dandelions. It's the so, one. It looks like a hay, um, like a like a foxtail. Yeah. I I am I'm perplexed and frustrated. They should, Killex should. I just used on those that same weeds and that. I just used Killex the other day in my back alley and I got rid of everything no problem just make sure you're mixing it properly um and applying on like this week after Tuesday it's supposed to warm up um give it a good soak like just give it a good spray in the morning like Killex should that on the and on the fox glove the roundup the Killex won't kill the fox um tail um it because it's a grass it goes after the broadleaf but the Roundup should, if it's mixed properly, should um, handle all those, what you're talking about, no problem. And the other okay. thing you could do, and you you want gravel back there, is that what you're just trying to keep it nice and neat and gravel in the back yeah, alley? Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to keep it nice and neat. But part of yeah, so what I'm so what I'm gonna do is I, I got same thing in my back alley and it's gonna keep yeah. so I'm gonna bring the machine back, I'm gonna my son's going to get in the walk behind a little bobcat. We're going to scrape it all down. I'm going to put a layer of fabric down, uh, okay. landscape fabric, maybe even two layers just to make sure. And then I'm going to put the gravel back over top of that. Um, oh, that's and a that, idea. Yeah, if you've already gone to that expense to clean up, put the, put it for the extra cost, put, put one or two layers of fabric down underneath the gravel, and then you should be good to go. Wonderful. Thank you. I have one right. other question. I sure. have just adopted a 100-pound uh, boom last of shepherd cross. Oh, just I've a little always guy. Had, yeah, she's, she's, and she's a COVID <laughs> dog, so she's quite timid. Um, so I'm trying to get her socialized. I have always taken my dogs off the property to do the business, but when she sneaks out the door, she runs to the backyard and she pees on the grass. Yep. How can I dilute that um, so that I don't get those nice? Does she go to one area or is it? No, she just she just okay. Runs so to the we have a, we do anywhere. Yeah, we have a do we do have a good product and it works really quite well. It's called Dog Spot Prevent. Um, you need to apply it three times a year and it neutralizes any of the urine. And if you're using that with our green up lawn fertilizer, you have no spots. Like um, Brad, oh. who's our operations man, had two dogs. He would use it um, and it works great. It neutralizes the, but you do have to, each bag covers 250 square feet. Okay. So just figure out how many square feet you use. Um, you have, and then apply it three times a year, the dog spot prevent, and it works great. And then combination with our green up lawn fertilizer, you won't have any spots. Wow. That's magic. There, there you go. Thank you so much. I Thanks. So Take care. It.
Bye-bye. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. All right. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to get to Carolyn and Sylvia. Um, we're at the end of the show. Um, from your friends over here in Alberta, all our friends in BC and family, we wish you all the best. Hope you get through what you're going through in the next uh, couple of weeks. Let's hope we get that under control and up north as well. And uh, and uh, and for all of us here, uh, we'll get our garden on next week right here on QR Calgary. <laughs>